Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the number one daily sports news podcast in the country, The Scorecard. I'm Brett Thomas, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday, July 20. Today, hopes of a nation. Sam Kerr ready to spearhead the Matildas World Cup campaign and another edition of our Pocket Profile series as well. Shots fired. Former St Kilda coach Brett Ratton hits back at a club great as he prepares to coach against them. And still in charge, Tim Sheens talks about the Tigers' troubles. But first... It feels like the Ashes are on a knife's edge despite Australia only needing to draw the fourth test in Manchester to retain the urn. Pat Cummins, though, and the Aussies are playing to win their first series in England since back in 2001. Let's get a full wrap of day one from our Ashes man, Sam Ferris. It was a day of what could have been for Australia on day one of the fourth Ashes test in Manchester. At Stumps, Australia are 8 for 299, but that score could have been a lot stronger had the Aussie batters pushed on after almost all made a start under sunny skies at Old Trafford. For the fourth time this series, Aussie skipper Pat Cummins caught tails, and for the fourth time this series, it was heads as England captain Ben Stokes won the toss and elected to bowl. Now, it was a risky call from Stokes knowing that no team has ever won in Manchester having sent the opposition into bat, and early signs looked like it was a good toss to lose, Short Broad trapped Usman Khawaja for just three in the fifth over of the day. Oh, now that's closer, that's closer. Yes, get him! But Uzi was the only member of the top seven not to reach double figures. David Warner held his place in the 11 and looked perhaps the best he has all series, racing to 32 before he nicked a full ball from Chris Wokes through to Johnny Besto, who held on to the catch. That brought Steve Smith to the crease and he was almost back in the pavilion a ball later when his pull shot just landed over the head of Mark Wood at fine leg for a streaky boundary. Smith and Manus Labashain put on 59 for the third wicket and they were cruising until the extra pace of Wood got through Smith's defences out LBW for 41 to his utter disbelief. Labashain was still there putting together his best innings of the tour by leaving well and pouncing on anything loose adding 63 with Travis Head for the fourth wicket. But after reaching just his second half century in his past 16 innings, a lapse in concentration cost him his wicket when Moen Alley got a ball to spin past Labuschagne's bat and into his front pad. The review from Stokes getting the breakthrough. It meant Australia went into tea at 4 for 187 and perhaps slightly ahead. But after the break, Broad had Head top edging to fine leg to remove him for 48 and claim his 600th test wicket and become England's highest wicket-taker against Australia, overtaking Sir Ian Botham in the process. Oh, it's taken. England's plan has worked. Broad has his man, and it is 600 for Stuart Broad. He joins Jimmy Anderson in an elite club. Twin all-rounders Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green then added 63 as Marsh clubbed the England attack like he did at Henningley. But their stand ended when Wokes trapped Green in front for 16, to a ball that was just clipping the top of leg stump. Wokes then had Marsh out four balls later for 51, spectacularly caught by Bairstow, a phrase you wouldn't have heard much this series, who was wrong-footed but stuck out a right glove to hold on to the catch to the disbelief of the keeper, his teammates and the 22,000 fans at Old Trafford. Oh, that's a beauty. Now, has that been taken? It has. What a moment that is. A man that has been under immense pressure 
has taken a worldie of a catch. Brilliant from Bairstow. Mitch Stark and Alex Carey put on 39 before Carey edged behind to become Wake's fourth victim of the day and the sixth batter out between 20 and 51. So just like it has been most of this series, the test is evenly balanced. But Australia will take some comfort knowing they've never lost at Manchester when they've posted 300 in the first innings. So a quick single is on the cards early on day two. Check out the Willow Talk podcast for Ashes updates every match day. Find it for free on the listener app. Well, the wait is over. The FIFA Women's World Cup is here, the most highly anticipated in history and expected to be the most well-attended. Already 1.5 million tickets have been sold. Tonight, more than 80,000 will watch the Matildas kick off their campaign against Ireland. Tamiki Yallop and Kaya Simon didn't join in with the main group during yesterday's session. Coach Tony Gustafsson says he knows who will play, but is keen to keep everyone guessing. In terms of fitness updates, I, I can't reveal that at this time. I, I know where we're at, but I can't at this time give away too much. I keep it close to my chest for today. One player we know will be there is Sam Kerr, the superstar skipper and striker, inspired by a visit from Kathy Freeman during the week, who gave them an insight into what to expect in terms of the pressure from a home crowd. She did that in the 2000 Olympics. Will she do a backflip, though, her trademark acrobatics, if she scores? She hasn't made up her mind just yet. You know, I've always said whenever I do a backflip, it's not planned. So hopefully the games are a bit more cruisy and I don't have to do it till later on in the tournament. But it's just a bit of fun. It's about entertainment and having fun and showing what football's about. And, you know, maybe it might, maybe it won't, but it'll all be safe, I promise you. The FIFA Women's World Cup is here. Just how well, though, do you know the rest of the Matildas team? Liam Flanagan has another of our Pocket Profile series coming up next. Getting to know you Getting to know all about you. The FIFA Women's World Cup is here, and since Australia are probably going to win the whole thing, I want to give those of you less familiar with the team a cheat sheet to some of the other green and gold sporting legends in this team. So, let's get to know another Matilda. Batman had Rob. I'm Batman. Thelma had Louise. Woody had Buzz Lightyear. And in the Matildas, Sam Kerr has Caitlin Ford. Ford into the box. Ford's low shot, and she scores. That's all in a row. And Australia takes the lead 2-1 to one over the US. But Ford ain't no ordinary sidekick. In fact, this World Cup might be the moment she steps out from behind her superstar strike partner to share the spotlight. As technically gifted as any player in the squad, Ford has already racked up 100 caps for the Matildas, having made her debut as a 16-year-old when she became the youngest Australian woman to ever play in a World Cup in 2011. But now, Ford is an experienced campaigner who brings her sparkling club form with Arsenal in the Women's Super League to the national setup. Give it away here to Ford. She looks to Ben Wan. Oh, that's the pick of the bunch. A fantastic strike from Caitlin Ford. And with Kerr expected to cop most of the attention from opposition defenders during the tournament, don't be surprised to see Caitlin Ford's name on the scorer sheet more than any other Matilda. Caitlin Ford. A Ford so good, even Holden supporters will want to get behind it. Well, North Melbourne has confirmed that Alistair Clarkson will return to the coach's box in round 21 after two months out due to the toll the Hawks' racism saga and investigation took. Until then, Brett Ratton is in charge and he will coach against his former club, St Kilda, this weekend, who sacked him last year despite re-signing him mid-season on a two-year deal when they were 8-3. and three. They missed the finals and this is what club great Nick Rewalt said on Listener's Footy Talk about the former St Kilda coach. The standards in that joint over the last however long have been 
subpar. So they've absolutely gone forward. Well, Rats hit back, and this is what he had to say about Rewalds. The only time he came was for free physio, so that's the only time he was at the club, so I don't know where he saw the standards. In the NRL, the West Tigers are out to put a difficult week behind them in the battle of the cellar dwellers against the Dragons tonight. The Tigers would love to get off the bottom. They've dropped six in a row and have been forced to defend the role of coach in waning Benji Marshall. There was an emergency meeting held to mend the rift between he and the club's lead recruiter in Scott Fulton. Tim Sheens reportedly wasn't a part of that, but he says he's still the man in charge and not Benji for this year and next. And as with most clubs, they have attack coaches in their assistants and defensive coaches, and Benji does attack. And you're still head coach? Yes, I am. Now, if you're listening via Spotify, remember, hit that bell so you don't miss the app every morning. That's your fast, fun hit of sport. Liam Flanagan back on the scorecard tomorrow. Listener.